0: We saw yesterday the pasuk of Hannah Shira, pasuk base in parash base, where she says, There's no one as kodesh as Hashem. "Ein biltecho." There's nothing besides for you And we saw yesterday how Hannah is speaking about herself, and like we saw, all these three, three references are referring to the different stages of the creation of a child. The Shama its Ruach, personality and its body. In fact, that's the way Khaimah spoke in reference to herself. As we saw in the Targum, Chazal explained that uh, this is all referring uh, to events in history. And therefore the Targum explains what the passage is referring to. It is referring to the time period in history much later on where Sancheiruf, the king of Asher, uh, marches with his tremendously big army and lay siege to Yerushalayim. And at that stage, Sinchayef himself was convinced he's going to take Yerushalayim. He said about himself, he said, if each of my soldiers just picks up one pebble from Yerushalayim, it will be just left with like a flat field. There will be nothing left of Yerushalayim. So he, he wasn't at all concerned that he wouldn't be victorious in the battle. The uh, Novi says about him. That is the you knife know, of Yoder Ha'atzil. that kind of, uh, way It's a joke. We're going to take it to these. And what happened was, as we know, the night of Pesach, so the night before that they were going to launch their attack, the Malach comes down from Shemaim, and all the soldiers uh, die during the night. Ch'sun wakes up with three other people in the morning, and obviously that's the end of the attack. So, about that, Chana says, according to Targum, and Kodesh Cha'ashem, Gayn Viltech. Why would she be talking about San Gerev now here? Why is she talking about it now? So like we oh. saw that there's a certain element of the word to Tefillah to too. And therefore, of course, she was thanking Hashem for her personal salvation as she had a child. But at the same time, there was a certain prophetic sense to what she was saying, which, like you said, is going to refer to all future events in Klai Yisrael uh, as well. when did she... it says... So what is, what, how does the apostle then read? If it's talking about San Gerev, so, the way the Targum explains it is everybody, not just Sankharev himself, but all the military analysts of the time, were sure that Sankharev was going to win. Sankharev had already defeated most of the civilized world, uh, he was an unstoppable force, and he had defeated countries much stronger and much better fortified than Yushalayim was at the time. And therefore, everybody took it as a foregone conclusion that uh, Yushalayim was going to get destroyed. And when they saw the Nace, here what got destroyed instead, so the, the, the unison of all the different nations was, like the Tarakum says over here, all the different nations praised Hashem and they said, Why is the Tarakum so being Kodesh and being holy and being sanctified? And that is because of the way that the soldiers died. And Kodesh Warachot didn't strike them down as a plague or make them all sick. Like, how did they die? So we know the Navi tells us that the Malach came down, what did the Malach do? So according to one, Khazal, that's what the Targum understood, he let them hear the Shiras and Malachim. And the spiritual intensity of hearing the Shiras Malachim was so powerful, was so overwhelming that they all died from the experience. And therefore it makes sense that what the Umas would say is, you see, Ein kadosh Ka Hashem. That there's a certain Kedusha that is overwhelming which Hashem has and that you can use that to. Overtake such an extremely powerful enemy. Okay, Now we explain Sur now. Until now, Agurach explains it in the term of a tsayor, as the one who fashions things, the craftsman. But there's another meaning for surah as well. Like we said, tsur israel, and that tsur means a rock. Tsur elat chatei means a and that's because there's no protection like Hashem. There's nothing like a rock, which means the protection that Hashem afforded to Chizkiah and to the Jewish people even though there was such a powerful enemy against them, so now we see there is nothing to protect like Hashem can protect. In other words, that's the way that the Tagov explains the Pasuk, referring to the that the world is going to say, in the future, after the downpours Okay, that's the Pasuk Vess. Let's go to the Pasuk Gimel, and we're going back now, again, first explain the Pasuk, that is it's talking about Hannah's personal salvation and her personal thanks. Start with that, with the word composure Rashi and the Radak and now they have the Rashi explain. And she says, gavaya mm-hmm. Don't continue to speak. Gavaya Like someone who is speaking very as if they're very high. Who's she speaking to? So who's she speaking to? So the Mashmo like says Rashi says, she's talking to Kleina. And as you thought you were so successful that you have a big family, and as a result you felt that you were able to look down on me or uh, that kind of offend me, so it, it's not going to work for you to continue to speak from that point of curiosity or superiority. and that also has different interpretations. The way that Rashi explains it, the explains it, is a notion of something strong, something strong. So now the, you, you use strong words against me. It's going back on the owl So it's going which means what you said was. Was, was like hurtful, it was like used strong words literally against me, and that's the case, because why should you do that? Because Akkadosh Baruch Hu knows really what a person thinking, and therefore below nishma And therefore Baruch like, is the one who counts, so to speak, or is aware of all a person's motives, all a person's plans. And why was this what you were saying to Pnina? Because, like we saw previously, did Pnina mean well, or was Pnina spoken from jealousy? Because really, we saw, really, even the Chazal say, there was also an element of jealousy involved. She saw that Alkana favored Chana, and therefore she thought, well, Chana may be the preferred wife, but in what way do I have an advantage of Chana? I have children. Chana doesn't have children. So I'll, I'll let you know that, that. She might feel superior to me because she has Alkana's affection more than I did, but I'll show her, I have been made over her too. And therefore, even if she meant the Shem Shumayim as 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 a way to get khanah to Devon, but nevertheless, luckily. so at the time, it wouldn't be the normal way that you're trying to convince someone to Devon by causing them uh, pain. And therefore she said Hashem, Hashem knows the real reason why people do things. In other words, there's a certain element of a person justifies what they do with, uh, with, with veneer of it. Hashem Shemayim they're doing a good thing. Keldayas Hashem, HaKadosh, knows. Hakadosh knows the real motivation of a person. And there's also Dalilis. The Dalilas the are the plans that a person has and what he what he is trying to achieve. such so knows that as well. And therefore she says to me that uh, you you spoke in a way which was inappropriate and you should know that it wasn't just what you said, it was also the motivation behind it because his knows what a person's thoughts really are. That would be the simple pshat. The deep pshat here, again, in the Targum. Before we get to the Targum, there's a Malibu here. It says another interesting, you said and he said this wasn't talking specifically to Penida. This was a general instruction, a general word of advice." And who's the, who, who the referring to this is don't speak Gavaya, Gavaya. So we're going to remind ourselves of a dialogue between Israel and the Jewish people in Tehidu. And what it says over there is that the Goyim say, Ramakul Hashem, Allah the position of the Goim is that they recognize that there's an almighty God who's which in the heavens, he's way above us. He's far superior to us. And therefore, he's not interested. This was the Ferrari we saw the Khazari this is a of the of the of mindset. And that is Hashem is so great that he's not possibly going to be interested in the small little things people do. And therefore, the the very fact that they keep to promote Hashem to that level of being so way above and so distant and so removed from anything physical. He's a, a way of separating from the world. He doesn't care about it. Hashem really makes a difference to him. What you're going to eat, what you're going to say. Uh, and they say what, that you're you, you minimizing Hashem's Hashem is covered. say that he cares about us, like insignificant things like that. they They said, going Hashem. is interested in things. That our galaxies are galaxies going to crash into each other? Are there going to be new stars being born? Whatever it's going to be, things of significance, things of importance. That's what they're going to do. After. And our answer to Israel, is mm-hmm. we agree with you. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is higher than the world, but nevertheless, just like Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you say Hashem is interested in Shemayim. Hashem is above Shemayim too. Hashem is about Shemayim too. But Hashem lowers Himself. Hashem He loves Himself. This Shemayim Muvarets. Just like He takes an interest in the Shema, He takes an interest in the roots too. And therefore we don't disassociate Hashem from this world. That like, you know, is too holy and too high to be, to be involved in the world. It's the other way around. B'chaw mm-hmm. Wherever you talk about Hashem's greatness, but you see that that greatness doesn't interfere with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's interest in the individual. Like the Bible says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Ram Ben-Nisa, but he is the same thing as Dain Al-Manus, and Avi He worries about every Yasim and every Almana I had a gosh on this. This, this, this is a chazar. I wanted a gosh on this. And that is, it's not just the opinion of the Goyim versus the opinion of the Jews. It's really what the Goyim do. Any Goyim is the position of prominence, a position of importance, uh, a position of power. So the way he'll feel is, I'm way too busy, I'm way too important, I'm way too elevated to deal with the commonest problems. The President of the United States isn't, doesn't have Kabbalah's skull to deal with everybody's individual issues. I'm an important man. Right? I'm going to lower myself to deal with all this kind of stuff and I'm, I'm way above that. And therefore that's the way they saw themselves in the Ganesh world, somebody of importance is somebody who doesn't interest himself in the uh, commonest, doesn't lower himself to deal with uh, everybody's individual issues. So of course and they're going to now project onto HaKadosh Baruch Hu. well if Hashem is so great, then He's definitely not interested in people's problems. He's way too big for that. That's projection of themselves. Whereas when it comes to Kai Israel, we've never. When it comes to Kai i about moment. When it comes to Kai Yisrael, it's exactly the opposite. And that is, as great as a person is, it never stopped him in being interested in helping the individual. As great as I've they never shut their door to people and say, oh, sorry, we're too busy to help you. And The door's open to everybody. Every, every commoner, every, every poor person, every suffering person, every sick person, every yasin ba'amana the door is open. And therefore, Baqa Yisrael is not just what we understand by Hashem. It's a reflection of our understanding of Godness. The greater a person is, doesn't make him more detached from other people. On the contrary, a sign of Godness is the fact that he can still uh, be available and still help everyone else. And therefore we will project that onto Hashem too. As great as Hashem is, he's, le- he's lowering himself to hear the tefillah of every single tribe. So the, the the between Klai Yisrael, so to speak. And the nine Jews is really coming from the different attitude that the nine Jews and and Yisrael have to what it means to become great. Is it also could you take it even a step? Master. When I came to Yisrael, this raises the question. Moshe Bena, that's like every other Jewish leader. I'm available to everybody. Everybody can come. I'm just waiting wait I'll see you. Israel's argument to Moshe was that you can't do so much. There isn't enough time. When I break Arab, all day long you see people, you're, you're not going to be able to. It's not fair for you, it's not fair for the people. But therefore the division wasn't in orders of importance. The division wasn't going to be, well, Moshe only sees that, you know, the Sarim and the Nassim, and the people of prominence, and the other day will deal with the poor people and the less significant people, if you're going to call them that. It was the other way around. Has, what's the complexity of the case? So it's not that uh, that that uh, there's a person not important enough for Moshe to deal with. It's a question of do we need Moshe on that? But for if, if it would be a question of uh, of which someone needed Moshe to come to, so the poor man would come to Moshe too. Wasn't it dinner? Who who is he willing to so to speak uh, help? Who is he willing to 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 interact with? Is that in the, in the apostle? That, uh, that don't let the din of a poor person be less important to the din of a multi-millionaire and therefore even with Yisra's said that there has to be a system where it's not just Moshe, but the vision is never going to be of people who aren't important enough to talk to Moshe, were go against the principle of Jewish leadership, the vision is just going to be who needs Moshe, or who can uh, one of his Talmudim, you know, someone who's learned the from him, help him instead. Now and that's the way to read the Pesachim, so then let's look at the two Pesachim together, That. As Chana says, firstly, and Kadesh Kashem. Kadesh is nothing as elevated as Hashem, and Gutecho is nothing besides you. So the first thing she praises Hashem puts Him in a position of greatness which nothing else can reach. That's true. Then she carries on. But Al Tarbut Adabru Gavogavor, don't keep talking about how great, how high Hashem is. Gavogavor, higher than way, way above, because what's going to come is Yetze Asoki Pichet. It's going to come that you're going to make a mistake from this. Why? Because you're going to think, Hashem is so high, that he's therefore He's not his lost the uh, vision of this world. He's not interested in it. And that's not true. <clears> he <throat> killed Deus Hashem. Hashem knows exactly what everybody's doing. Hashem is inv- involved in every single point of this world. We don't need to out of this. For everything which happens here, he's, he's running that. And therefore, on the one hand, you want to praise Hashem. And you want to put, give the ultimate praise to Hashem. But at the same time, don't, don't overdo that. Because it's going to need people to think that okay, you know, Hashem is so great, that He's not interested in us. It's coming there for to counter this argument, which would be the way that like, we saw the guy really felt. Okay, that's the uh, that's the second reading of the fossil. If we're going to look at the Targum again, what incident in history is this referring to? So Targum tells us it's talking about uh, less happy incident in Jewish history. It's talking about when Nebuchadnezzar destroys the First place of the And now Nebuchadnezzar was extremely proud of himself. Proud of himself. Yeah, extremely proud of himself. He made himself into a god over that. Remember, until then, this was after Sanharev. And for the hundreds or something years after Sanharev, the mindset of the world was Yerushalayim is invincible. It's been protected spiritually, there's nothing you can do. There wasn't a stronger army than Sanharev's army. It, it was all wiped out, like we saw it in a completely miraculous fashion. And therefore, it's impossible to take Yerushalayim. It's not even worth trying. And uh, the navi here tells us this Neicha. He says, No one would believe such a thing was possible. No one could have imagined such a thing. And therefore, the himself was scared. And instead of his companion Shalim, the Midrash tells us he was very hesitant because he knew that this was the, this was the undoable. And yet, obviously, with Nechanetz, and by extension, the whole world didn't realize that the protection of Yishalayim was the fact that Hashem was there. And when Hashem decided to destroy there that too many Averis, they lost their protection. And therefore, even though there wasn't, no one saw that happen, but really, beneath the scenes, behind the scenes, beneath the surface, the Shkina had gone. Yishalayim was very vulnerable. And therefore, we never see that. We attacked Yishalayim and destroys Yishalayim. So he thought, I've done the impossible. I must be a superpower. I must be somebody who's, who's got uh, unbelievable abilities that I could conquer Hashem's special He didn't stop me. He couldn't stop me. And therefore, obviously, like you see, was a big broad guy, and he made himself into a god of that his success. And says the Targum, that's what Khan is referring to. She says to Nebuchadnezzar, don't talk about yourself if you're so that uh, and and kila that you use you a superpower, you're able to attack Hashem and overcome him in his best language. Why? Because it's also can What you're saying is as a result of this, uh, of your pride and thinking that you were able to conquer Hashem, is we're saying is wrong. It's also it's a mistake because kikal deyesh Hashem ledi kolad yudas. this. And Baruch Hu knows uh, exactly that in advance what 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 where everybody is holding. Uh-huh. And he knows therefore the Quran shah the various and that's why he's going to leave them. And therefore the he has the uh, he has planned exactly what he wants to happen as a result. So there wasn't that Nib was so strong in Khan Hashem it's the other way around the Qurish Baruch was set up in Nebuchadnezzar Khadza for Khan Kalishai. It was his it was Hashem's plan. And uh, that's why the law is just written with above. The law is it's uh, Hashem has has set up the plan for you to do it. And Nebuchadnezzar forgot about that. The Khazar uh, tell us that for years, before Nebuchadnezzar attacked Yerushalayim, there was a bicycle in his palace saying, Ebed, uh, like a slave, go up and fight Yerushalayim. And Nebuchadnezzar didn't want to go. He was scared to go. But again and again, he got this message. My uh, nah servant, go fight Yerushalayim. It's uh, learning about this. It. Really, I call this powerful engineer that Nebuchadnezzar would come and fight Yerushalayim. It says, now that you've been successful, don't forget about all that. It wasn't your greatness. It wasn't your power. It wasn't your your military strategy. It was also. I tell Hashem, Hashem had planned this all, and He set it up like that. That's the one point, and there's the second point too, and that is you're going to get punished. The, the Hashem set it up to destroy your but He also has a plan. He's going to punish you for for the attack of destroying your shulayim. Why would, would the deserve to get punished if you were sent to do the job? So we saw this in the Rambam and the Ramban. There's a famous mechelikus. And that is when Hashem sends someone to do something, mm-hmm. to punish Kaya Yisra. And yet clearly Nebuchadnezzar was sent. There was Yisrael mentioned by name. Uh, before he came, the Navi Yerimiyah talks about it. Hashem says, someone am going to send you Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babel. He's going to throw the best in English. So why was Nebuchadnezzar punished for what he did? He was putting a divine order. And this goes back to the point before. Don't, if you're not attributing it to fulfilling Hashem's decree. You decided to attribute this to your own power, to your own strength. Well, that's the case. You were doing this as a as a fulfillment of what Hashem wanted you to do. You yourself decided I'm doing this because I'm so strong. So that's the case. It's true that Hashem wanted you to do it, but you can only you can only escape punishment with that argument if that's the reason I'm doing it. As soon as that no longer the reason the person has, so then it's a uh, it, it, it's he gets punished. So what the Gemara says he mentioned this in the Rambam about this what the Gemara calls God's Lavera Lishma there's sometimes that a person has to do Lavera but a person only is allowed to do Lavera if it's Lishma which means he's doing it because this is what Hashem wants me to do as soon as he forgets that it, it becomes Lavera as soon as he forgets that, it, it becomes Lavera in other words sometimes to do Lavera for whatever reason we're just about doing Lavera there aren't too many but if there would be a case like that it's only with a clear understanding the whole time this is what Hashem wants me to do that's what Hashem wants me to do. So then I'm doing what Hashem wants, even if it's something which is not a good thing to do. But I'm fulfilling what Hashem wants me to do. So that's 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 a that's a hata. Whereas if, if the second the person forgets about that, then it's just another The fact that Hashem really instructs him to do it isn't good enough. Once it's, once that's not he's thinking about, it, it becomes a regular there. And therefore an aver is another even if it was meant to be. An example of this. It's not exactly an example, but it's a good promotion to this idea. What the Gemara says in, in Yuvamis, in two places, the Shed of Abishol, is a mix of Yibum. There's an Easter of marrying your brother's wife. Well. Abishol says, that anybody that's Yibum is really doing, is really being, karis, of being with his brother's wife, well, which is a chorus. Oh, the Territ told you to do it. Why is it And I understand Abishol is exactly this point. The Territ told you to do it, then think the whole time you're telling you to do it you should be focused on the fact that I'm doing something which shouldn't be done Hashem told me to do it and therefore that justifies it. the regular person loses track of that and then that's not the reason why they're doing something it goes back to being another and therefore it says this is another because it would be very hard for a person to maintain that level of clarity I'm doing this even though I shouldn't be because Hashem told me to do it and therefore Nebuchadnezzar might have been sent by Hashem and it could even be Nebuchadnezzar knew that but he's taking credit. Uh, for his victory over Qadr Yisrael. So now he's no longer doing it because Hashem sent him. Now he's doing it because he feels this is his uh, his victory. That's the case, you're going to get punished. That's uh, Because now, now that even if your original plan was based on what Hashem told you to do, that wasn't what you carried on doing. And you, know, you, made, you, know, you no longer have that defense of doing what Hashem wanted. Okay, so that's the, that's the third passage well, of the Shira. Again, both of Peter the and I'll be the with Targum explains it. Now the next passage uh, we're going to learn also. It's very hard to explain this in terms of in terms of Chana's personal life. Khayana has nothing to do with that. So we have to try and understand. Again, I'll the the future of the Jewish people. Then I understand. You have the the target of explanation. That's what it's referring to. But I'll repeat the pasuk. What was Chana referring to? You have to understand. So she says the pasuk started. Kesheh sibayim the cash is the bow of the strong was broken. and the ones who were weak. they managed to gain strength. The bow of the strong ones was broken and the ones who were weak against strength. Okay, no, and... what was the what was the cash that we're talking about? We don't find you know, went to battle with Khan. Maybe we said she spoke unkindly to Khanna, it's not the previous person. Bashma's the passage here is that when there was a war between the strong and the weak, so even though the, war, the strong were armed, but their, their, their weapons were broken, and the weak ones therefore were able to be victorious. So this doesn't have anything to do with, with Khan's particular story. That's actually explains it. That she says, Khan is giving a marshal for the way Hashem runs the world. And that is that even in, in, just like on the battlefield, uh, you have the army which looks stronger, the army which is better armed, and you have the other army which looks weaker and doesn't have the same ammunition, Akkadesh Barucha isn't impressed by that. He can break the strength of the stronger ones, and he can, can strengthen the hand of the weaker ones. And it's not referring to anything specific in Khan's life, but this reversal that you Kira know, Akkadesh can change things around from the way they appear to what the, uh, the result is going to be. She was going to give examples of such a han-hojah. is something which was originally seemed to be uh, of peace, but we could see this one's the strong one, this is the weak one, this is the more likely winner, this is the less likely one to be victorious. But Rokha can change that. If that's the case, the next, the next possible could put the same battle. She says, <laughs> The ones who are satisfied, uh, the ones who are wealthy, uh, now, the they have to hire themselves out to buy food. And as people are very wealthy, Hashem will take their wealth away. And if that's okay, the case, they have to push it. the to labor so they'll be given food to you. The, the ones who are originally hungry, so then they no longer have to work. They were hungry and therefore they were forced to to, to find employment, to do something to them and get food. And they can change. Can, Hashem can enrich them and now they don't have to work anymore. But they can now, so to speak, take on the role of the people who were previously wealthy and then have enough resources without having to you know, to work or to beg or whatever it is to get food. And then again, this isn't talking about anything in Khanna's personal experience because we don't find Khan ever went hungry. It seems that Khan was wealthy and yeah, he actually that wasn't her issue. He's just giving examples of how Kodesh can cause a reversal in the world between who's strong and his weak, who's rich and his poor, and therefore what she gets to is the third example Ada The one who until now was barren will give birth to seven The has born and the one who had many children, Umlala, will now be left bereft of her children Now, this is more than the Ge-Tukhane, even the simple level and that is that things can change the one who was in the car can have children, the one who has children can, have children can die so it's not guaranteed that what originally begins uh, one way is going to stay like that it. it reverses things or changes things around. Chazal said over here that this wasn't just a, a figure of speech of how things can be changed. Chana was talking literally about her own story, because we know that Chana, the apostle later had five children. Besides for Shmul, he was the first. Later on, she had another two boys, another two girls. Um, back. so why would it say that Takhorah had gave birth to seven? So Chazal tell us that we know Pinah had ten children. And Chazal say each time one of Chana's children was born, two of Chana's children died. And therefore, when Shmuel was born, two children of P'nir died. When the second child, the third child, the fourth child of Chana were born, each time another two children of P'nir died. At that stage, Chana had four children, and only two. So when Chana became pregnant for the fifth time, Chana so begs her and says, Please double for my children. Because I can see the pattern already. And if you're going to have another child, I'm going to lose all my children. So, please die at least I keep the last two of them. And Chana did, and the children were spared. And therefore, Chana is credited with you know, those two children as well. Her Tfedah saved him. And therefore, it says that Chana uh, gave birth to seven children, which means, like Chazal explained, five of her own. And with the two of Nina who were saved in her schuss. And Rabbi the one who had many children, who was Chana, well, not that she lost most of her children, because she lost eight of her children. That's what uh, Chazal tells us in the process. and um, that's, uh, otherwise, if we're going to explain the chat, not like okay, that, so we have to say Shiva means a lot, not that it means seven, because it's a positive pre-letter that she didn't have seven children. What's interesting is that, the uh, she pointed out over here, that Shiva is concerned about Shemul. And therefore, Adakar, the Shiva Sheba, is really the same way she of saying she gave birth to Shmuel, who was Shavit, to the many children. Now, the obvious question in the Midrash, if you've already quoted it, and whether will talk about it next time, I'll just leave with a question. And that is, what took Nina so long to wake up? It took, she lost eight children before she came to Ask Hanat 11. Let's say the first time she didn't have. It was, it was a tragic coincidence. Just when Shmuel was born, she lost two children. But at least when the second child was born, even the third child, and each time she sees the same thing happening again and again, so why does she come into that? Why does she wait until the fifth child, and she's on to her last two children, but she, she waits so long? Why does she come in? If you already see the patterns, and she thinks Phyllis Khan is going to help her children too, so why does she wait so long? That's a question which is, one of the shira, it's a question of the Midrash, which Bezal will address next time.